Today we're going to be learning Lukutzi Sichas Chelik Yudzain, the second Sicha for Chaga Pesach. I'm going to be doing a Ian Shir. <clears throat> so before we start, I want to give you a little context and background of the structure of the Haggadah. The Sicha is going to be focused on the structure and different points within the Haggadah, so we really need to understand that well to be able to appreciate what the Rebbe is telling us. So in the Torah, it tells us in four places the mitzvah of telling over to your child, the mitzvah of Yitzitz Mitzrayim. Three of those places, the child asks the father and the father responds. And in one of those places, uh, the father just tells the son directly, you, tell, you will tell your child on that day. From this Chazal, learn this that there's four psukim, is that we have four types of children. Three of the children ask the question, and then you have the she'eni de'elishol that doesn't ask, but you uh, tell him the story anyways. Based on this, that the children, three out of the four children are asking, and that's the preferred method, the Magid, the Haggadah, has been set up in a way that the child asks questions, and then we answer those questions. Therefore, the Magid starts off with the Manishtana, and then we give the answer. And the answer itself is really in two parts. The first answer that we give is Avadam Hayinu. That's the short answer. We tell them in very short, succinct, one paragraph exactly why we do all, what's different about this night and why we do all these interesting customs on this night. It's because of Vodem Hayinu, we were slaves, and then Hashem took us out from there. And, if, and why is that relevant to us? It's because if Hashem didn't take us out from there, we would still be there. So that's the, really the answer to all the questions. The reason why we still celebrate today is because Hashem took us out, and this is something which is relevant to us because we are free people because Hashem took us out. That is the answer in that one paragraph. But then the Haggadah continues, because since we know you're supposed to, the purpose of, of the mitzvah of telling over the story of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, it's not just to say one idea, it's really to spend the whole night discussing it and telling over to your child. So the Haggadah continues about a story about even these wise sages, Rekiva, Relazim and etc., that even though they knew so much, they still continued through the entire night to discuss Sipriyat Sitz Mitzrayim. So we see that it's a mitzvah, not just to say a one paragraph, but to really discuss it in depth. And then one of the people there, Relazim and we give an example of one of the terrorists that he said that night, Kol which stresses the importance of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. So this proves that we need to discuss it in length. Then the Haggadah continues, how are you supposed to say this in length? There's four children. That we need to say it in length, that all four children will be able to have an answer to the questions that they have. And then the Haggadah continues after talking about the four children, but when is this mitzvah supposed to be take place? We know, as the Rebbe Lozman Azari said, that really every night of the year there's a mitzvah of mentioning Yitzit Mitzrayim. How do we know that on the night of Pesach is the night that you need to speak about it in length to the children in the, in the ways that they will understand? Therefore, it tells us, Ba'avur Zech, tells us that paragraph, Yacham, maybe it's from Rosh maybe it's from Erev Pesach. So we prove that, no, it has to be Dafka tonight when there's the Matzah, the Mara, the Pesach all in front of you. That's when you go and, and discuss the Pesach in length. So with that, it goes into the second answer, or the lengthier answer, I should say, of why Pesach is different than all the other nights of the year. And we give a much broader history of the Jewish people. We start all the way back, we start all the way back to the beginning of our history from Terach and Avram Avinu, and we discuss our history from that time until they actually went into Mitzrayim and then Hashem redeemed us. So the first part of that history, actually, we look through the different parts of Torah and Tanakh where it discusses uh, the Yitzis Mitzrayim and the Jewish history. And the first, or one of the places, is by Yeshua that Yeshua discussed the history of the Jewish people. So that's where we start off with. We talk about how Terah, Hashem, there was Terach, and he was an Oivet of Adizara, and then Hashem took Avram and from the Avranar and brought him close to him, and they had the Beris Ben Habasarim, and how Hashem promised him that he will take out his children from Gaulus. And Hitaka did take it out. He's Chishif Esekates. And then again, we finish off with this first part of the story, that this idea that Hashem is that we, again, we're telling the history, we tell about Avram, and then we finally get to Mitzrayim, and then Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, that thing is not just a one-time event, but this is something which is that all generations we have enemies, and Hashem protects us. That's end of the story from Yeshua. Then the Haggadah tells you another place in the Torah where it discusses the history of the Jewish people, and that's by the mitzvah of Bikurim. Every year, um, around Shavuos time, 
uh, really right after Shavuos, the Jewish, the, when all the new harvests were uh, ready, you would bring a basket of the first fruits to uh, the base of Mikdash to give to the Kayin. And when you came, you would say four psukim. And these four psukim were actually about the history of the Jewish people. It starts off with our humble beginnings, with Arami Ovid Avi, how he, how he tried to destroy us, and then eventually we went to Mitzrayim and we suffered there, and then Hashem took us out. Biyad Chazaka, Hashem took us out. So again, we have four psukim where it talks about the Jewish, the history, starting from our humble beginnings all the way to Hashem taking us out of Mitzrayim. And then from there until uh, almost the, the rest of the Gada really is taught, goes through those four psukim and discusses them in detail, mentions, mentions the Pasuk, and then tells you what each word means in the Pasuk. And then the most famous of the psukim, of course, is the fourth one, which we're saying the makis, and we do the dipping. Yad Chazaka means this one, and you, you, know, you, 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 do the, um, you pour the, a little bit of the wine out. And then after that, we spend the rest of the Haggadah talking about the miracles that Hashem did as He took us out of Mitzrayim. So once we've gotten the history, we've gotten the Bukurim, we've done the whole history until they took us out of Mitzrayim, Hashem did it with more miracles. At that point, we spend more time discussing all the miracles. Was it 50 miracles? Was it 200 miracles? Was it 250 miracles that happened? The miracles by Mitzrayim, the miracles by the sea. Once we finish that, then we get to Dayenu. And the Dayenu goes through all the other miracles that happened when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, all the way until eventually they got into Eretz Yisrael and they built the base of Bechir, they built the base of Migdash. And that's the end of the history. Then there was one, uh, one or th- the next part of the Gada, just to finish it off, talks about the mitzvahs of the night. Because as we know, this is the source of saying, the Haggadah is, you should tell your child on that day because of this. What is this? This is the Matzamar and the Pasach. So part of the mitzvah of talking about Yisitz Mitzrayim is also to discuss Bavor Zet, to discuss the mitzvahs that, hap- that we're supposed to do on Leil Pasach. So we also discuss those three mitzvahs. And once we finish discussing those three mitzvahs, then we start praising Hashem. We say half of the Hallel, and then we say the bracha, saying that you redeemed us, and you redeemed our fathers, and then eventually you'll give us the Shir Chadash, you'll give a final redemption will happen, and we finish and we drink the cup of wine. And the second part of Halal, we're going to say much later. So that is the structure of, of Magid. So now that we have that, let's look at the different parts and really try to understand them. So just to recap what we're really seeing over here, there's the questions, then there's the two types of answers that we give. We have the shorter answer, which is Avadam Hayinu. We have the longer answer, which is Mitchila Evde Evadizara. And um, if we also realize the style of how it worked is, it always starts off with our maschil beganusim sayim b'shavach. It always starts off with our humble beginnings. We were slaves. Hashem took us out. Initially, we are of Hashem brought us close to him. So it always starts off with that style. And the reason is, the Gemara says, you always want to be maschil beganus. You want to start with the humble beginnings or more, and, and then you're able to appreciate what Hashem did for us. If you just start with the praise, you don't appreciate how bad it was for us until Hashem came and helped us. But when you're starting with the bad, then you're able to really appreciate it. The moral gives a, a, a more int- even a, another shot is that by telling us the gunus, telling us how we suffered, it shows how much hashkacha Hashem has. That Hashem watches us. He saw how much we were suffering. And because of the suffering that we have, that's why He took us out. And, and that's really to show the hashkacha that Hashem has on us, that He's constantly watching. And when He, and when he saw that we needed help, He came to help. And that's, of course, part of the whole idea of the Leil Seder. The purpose of Yitzitz Mitzrayim, talking about Yitzitz Mitzrayim, is that Yitzitz Mitzrayim is one of the fundamentals of our, of our belief. And the fundamental of our belief is that Hashem is constantly watching over us, and Hashem gets involved with the worldly affairs, and He protects and takes care of the Jewish people when we need. And that's one of the Yisoydis, and that's why we talk about Yitzitz Mitzrayim. That's why so many mitzvahs are connected to Yitzitz Mitzrayim, because Yitzitz Mitzrayim is really... Uh, it shows in a really real in a, in a really relevant way that Hashem is involved in our lives, and Hashem gets gets involved in our lives, and He knows what's happening, and He protects us, and He does miracles for us, and and therefore we are His people, and that's why we chose Him as our God. That is the introduction. So the question, though, is right before the Manashtana, we have a paragraph, Heilach Ma'anya. So the question is, what's the purpose of the Heilach Ma'anya? It's not really part of the Magid itself. It's the beginning of Magid. But on the other hand, it's not really part of Magid because we know the Magid is set up in a way that there's questions 
And then there's the answers to those questions. We have the child asks, what is the purpose of today? And then we give the answer with the whole history. So that starts with the Manashtana. So what is the Heilachmani? This is the poor man's bread. What's going on over here? What's the purpose of this paragraph? It doesn't seem like it connects. Elamai, it must be that it's some type of introduction. It's an introduction to what? To Magid. We're starting off at Magid. We give a little introduction. After the introduction, we ask the questions and give the explanations. But what's, what, how is this exactly an introduction? How does Lehachman, this is the poor man's bread, whoever needs to hungry come and, come and join us for the, for the Pesach Seder, uh, this year we're slaves, next year we'll be free people, we're here, and next year we'll be in Eretz Yisrael. How does that introduction at all to what we're going to be discussing? We're going to be discussing during the rest of the Magid the questions that the child has and the answers about our history and how Hashem took us out. How by talking about that we used to eat matzah when we were living in Egypt and that this now we're slaves, how does that at all connect to the purpose of a Magid? The purpose of Magid is to talk about Yitzitz Mitzrayim. None of the points of these paragraphs seem to be talking about Yitzitz Mitzrayim. The only one that seems a little bit talking about is about at least this is the matzah that we ate in Mitzrayim. But what about the other two piskais about the whoever's hungry come and eat? Whoever is, uh, this year we're avda, next year we'll be, we'll be free. How does that connect to the mitzvah of the night, which is talking about Yitzitz Mitzrayim? As, as the Torah says, when your child will come and ask you, why are we doing all these things? You're supposed to tell them about Yitzitz Mitzrayim. It doesn't talk, talk about at that point in time. You're supposed to tell them about the, how we're slaves and next year we'll be free. No connection to the Yitzitz Mitzrayim. And the truth is, if you look at these each piska on its own, it's also very hard to understand how they would be an introduction. The first one is, this is the poor man's bread that your fathers ate in Mitzrayim. How, what is the relevant, re- relevance? What they used to eat while they're in Mitzrayim. The purpose of tonight is to talk about how they left Mitzrayim, not what they were eating for the 210 years while they were there. Why does it matter what they ate? If they ate matzah or they ate anything else, it doesn't seem like it's relevant what they ate while they're in Mitzrayim to the purpose of that night. And even more so, where do we even know that they ate matzah during those 210 years that they were there? It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that they ate matzah. The only time it mentions matzah in the Torah is the mitzvah that Hashem gave them, that they're supposed to eat matzah, while they made the Korban Pesach on the 14th of Nisan. And it also tells us that when they actually left Egypt, they didn't have time for the matzah to rise, and therefore, they didn't have time for the dough to rise, and therefore they took out uh, matzah. That's all it tells us. It's talking about the, the mitzvah of the day of Mitzrayim, and it also tells us what they took out of Mitzrayim. It doesn't tell us what they were eating while they were in Mitzrayim. So where do we even know that from? And we, and we know in the, in the Haggadah, every part of the Haggadah always tells us the proofs. If you read through the Agadah, it mentions a word. What's the proof? Zroi means, Netuya means, means, means the sword. How do I know it means the sword? Because there's a Pasuk in, uh, in Nach where it tells it means the sword. This means that. How do I know? Shunamar, because it says somewhere else. Everywhere in the Agadah, it always gives you proofs. All of a sudden, over here, it doesn't give you proof for something which doesn't seem that there is any proofs or sources for this idea. Second thing is, we're, we're inviting people to the meal. Kol dichvin, yafsev yifsach. If we're actually inviting people, then obviously we, we should have done it before the meal started. Why are we inviting them after we make Kiddush and after we already started the Seder God? You need to have four cups of wine. It doesn't seem like a very intelligent place to start it. LMI, it must be that by saying whoever's hungry, come and eat, that's actually a preparation. It's Hagdama to the, to, to, to the reading of the Magid. So the question is, how by inviting people at this moment of time to come to make the Pesach, is that relevant? Is that an Hagdama to what's going on further? So Kol Dichvin has two purposes. Yes, there is the purpose to invite people, but if that was the only purpose, you would have had it before Kiddush. Elamai, the main purpose is that it's when talking about inviting people to the meal, that is an introduction to the Magid. But how is inviting people an introduction? And the last thing is we're talking about now we're Avda, next we'll be free people. Why are we talking about that before the, how is that relevant again to the, to the Magid? And also it actually seems counterintuitive to the night. The whole purpose of the night is talking about how we're free people, that we were slaves, and now we're free. And that's why we do everything leaning, and, and we're like uh, kings, uh, and we lean while we drink the wine. So discussing how we're slaves today doesn't seem like that actually is kind of stressing that fact. The whole idea of Masel Benuch's Masai Meshavach is that we start about how in the past used to be hard, but now it's fantastic for us. To start saying that even nowadays it's pretty bad, but in the future it's going to be good, that's not the idea of the purpose or the purpose of the Seder night. So let's discuss this first, and then we'll go to the other parts of the Seder Haggadah. <clears throat> so the reason why this is an introduction is because when the, when the child comes to, 
when we're coming, the child or really anybody comes to the to start doing the magen and talk about the mitzvah of tzipritzitz with shrayim and how the story, how, how the, the 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 celebrating that Hashem took us out of Egypt and the great gift that Hashem gave us that He took us out of Egypt. What comes to mind is, why is this day so special? Why is this important to me? How is this relevant to me? And when you think about it, he's going to say, wait a second, it doesn't seem relevant at all. What did Hashem do by taking us out of Egypt? The whole idea was he took us out of Galus. But we're still in Galus. Uh, we left with great riches and we became a powerful nation. Well, now there's poor people. There's poor people. There's poor people who don't have any needs. When we left Egypt, all the wicked were were killed during the Shlesha Simea And we only had the Tzadikim, the righteous that left Egypt and got the Torah, etc. But wait a second, why is there a Ben Rasha at the, at the table? The purpose is that Hashem took us out of Gaulus to a final redemption, but we're still here in Gaulus. So why is this night actually relevant? Why are we talking about how Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim? Hashem, who is eternal and the most powerful Nitzistika being, he took us out, so therefore it would make sense. The reason why we're celebrating it is because Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. That's relevant to us, and it's relevant eternally. This is an eternal thing, as we said even, we're going to say in Haggadol, we're going to talk about Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. But it doesn't seem like it's relevant anymore. Yes, it was nice that Hashem once upon a time took the Jewish people out, and that was good for those few generations. But nowadays it doesn't seem relevant anymore. And, but, but that doesn't, even philosophically, it doesn't make sense. If Hashem does something, if Hashem is eternal, Hashem is infinite, all-powerful, Powerful, how could something that Hashem does have an end? So did Hashem took us out of Egypt and therefore we're still experiencing it today? Or did He not take us out? And it's, uh, uh, and it's not something that we should be celebrating. And that's what's bothering us before we can even talk about why should we should celebrate tonight. The question is, why, how is it even relevant to us? How is this a Yitzhiz B'shrayim? How is this something which is eternal? It seems like it's something which happened once and it's not really relevant anymore to us. So to answer that, that's what the purpose of the the, the Heilach Ma'anya comes in. The Heilach Ma'anya, what does it say? This is the poor man's bread that you ate while you were in the land of Egypt. Wait a second. They didn't actually eat the matzah when they were in Egypt. They left the they ate the matzah when they were leaving Mitzrayim. And it was because of the Geula, that because they had the mitzvah of that day, which was because of the redemption that they're going to have, they did that mitzvah. And then when they actually left, they didn't have time for the dough to rise. That was because of the great miracles and then that the Mitzrayim had to throw them out of the land of Egypt because they had to leave. They were free people. So the idea of matzah really expresses the idea of freedom. So what does it mean that they ate it while they're in Mitzrayim? They didn't eat it in Mitzrayim. They ate it when they left Mitzrayim. So the idea is that they ate the matzah means that while they're in Mitzrayim is they, still had the, they were still in Mitzrayim. They still had the psyche of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim means gullus. Mitzrayim, as we know, Mitzrayim in Jewish literature always means the idea of a gullus, servitude, slavery. So when we're saying that they ate the matzah while they were in the land of Mitzrayim, meaning is that even when they had their freedom, even when Hashem gave it to them, they were still inside of the land of Mitzrayim. They were still inside that psyche of living within gullus. They're still part of the culture of Mitzrayim, even once they left the physical land, but they were still inside the land of Egypt in the sense that their psyche, their personalities, their culture, everything that they knew was still inside of the land of Mitzrayim. And because of that, because they were eating the matzah while they're in the land of Mitzrayim, while they were still there, they didn't have a complete freedom. Hashem gave it to them, but they weren't on the level. They weren't ready for it yet. That's also why they had to run away from Egypt, because as the Tanya says, if they would have stayed one extra moment, um, they wouldn't have wanted to leave because they were so part of that culture, they, they wanted to stay. And actually, as we know, many times throughout, whenever there was a test or a trial while they were in the desert, they all said, let us go back to Mitzrayim. Many times they said, let's go back to Mitzrayim where it was good for us over there. It was still part of who they were. So even once they left, they were actually still part of living in that type of land. Um, you know, it's like saying someone lives the American lifestyle. So even if he's not literally living in America, you could still be living in America wherever you are. That type of idea. So that's why it says uh, the first Pisgah. And that also explains the second one. Why are we talking about called Dichvin Yasef Yifzah, whoever's hungry, come and eat. Because the reason why we have poor people, the reason why we have Rashayim, is because we never left Egypt. It's not because of Hashem. It's because we didn't leave. And therefore, it was never a Gula Shlema for us. Aye, so Oibazai, why is this relevant to us? If, okay, so we, Hashem did it, but we weren't on the level, wasn't, and we weren't able to accept 
this freedom upon ourselves. We weren't able to integrate it into our beings. So that's what the third piska, the third line is coming to tell us, that this year you're taka slaves, but next year you'll be free, you'll be an heir to stroll. The idea being is that Gulas Mitzrayim opened up the pipe. Psichas Atzinar opened up, the, it was the gateway to be able to have an ultimate redemption. Once we have Mitzrayim, then we know we could eventually reach the level where we can have that ultimate freedom. As the morale explains, that the, by when Hashem took the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, He made them into individuals that were free people. They were essentially part of their essence, who they are. They are free people. So even if they're in a situation where they're made slaves again, or if they're made put into servitude, but part of their personality is, is that they're free. So even while they're acting as slaves, or even while they're being forced to be a slave or in servitude, that's only because someone external is forcing them. There could be external forces. Yes, you can suffer. There could be external forces that are making you do things that you don't want to do. But always within their essence, they're free. And as soon as those external forces move away, boom, they're back up being free. They can never be someone who's a slave. Other forces can make them externally, but within themselves, they're always free. And therefore, when the external forces go away, they will be able to reveal that freedom. And that's why it also says, like the days of Egypt, I'll show you wonders. Why does it say like the days that you left Egypt, I'll show you wonders? They only left Egypt in one day. The reasoning is because it's a constant leaving of Egypt. Mitzrayim is Gaulus in general. We didn't, we, Hashem took us out of Gaulus of Mitzrayim, but we need to be constantly leaving. We were constantly leaving. Every single day that we've left Egypt, we're working more and more and more and getting out of that psyche of Egypt and, and getting into the psyche of being someone who's a free person. Therefore, it's Kemesa Yisrael because we're constantly leaving the land of Egypt. And this explains, and this is also, this, that's why this is so relevant to talk about the Heilachman before the Seder starts. Because when the child re- realizes that by thinking of Mitzrayim and think about how Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim and to feel ourselves as free people and understand what the idea of freedom means, that itself will be able to bring us to the ultimate Gula Hashlema. We're going to be ultimate free because really it's all upon us. So the more we think about the Egypt and the more we think about the Yitziah of Egypt, the more we think about the Cheres, that will bring us to um, the Gula Asida. And that's the introduction to the Haggadah. Once we start the Haggadah, now we can really start looking into the different points and, and understand how exactly what the freedom was. And that's what we're going to be discussing in the next uh, few parts. So the next part of the Haggadah is discussing a very important question, which is, if we weren't on the level to be free, and that's why Hashem had to free us and take us out, even though we weren't on that madrega, and that's why we're still eating that matzah in the land of Mitzrayim, then why did Hashem take us out? And on the other hand, we also need to know why weren't we ready? We, were, we weren't ready, so then why did Hashem take us out? Like Mamanashach, one way or the other. So that's what we're coming to explain in Havadim Hayinu. And, and the way how the God gives the answer is by how Havadim Hayinu is written. Avadim Yinu tells us that if Avadim Yinu, and if Hashem wouldn't have taken you out of Mitzrayim, you would still be slaves to Pari. What do you mean we'd still be slaves to Pari? Why were we in Egypt in the first place? Because Hashem made a bris with Avraham, Ben Abbasarim, that his, his children will be inside a land not theirs for 430 years. So after that time was completed, they automatically would have left. The Jewish people weren't slaves essentially. They were, it was a xero that was put up on them that they had to be slaves for a certain amount of time. So automatically, when that time period would be done, of course they'd go free. What does it mean that we'd still be slaves today? So, that, so the answer to that question really answers the bigger question of why weren't we ready to go out? And nonetheless, Hashem took us out of there. The explanation is through a deeper understanding of the Brisbane Habsarim and what happened we'd be able to have a deeper appreciation of why they would have been there for more than that period of time. Medrash tells us that Avram, Hashem came to Avram by the Bruce Hamasarim and told him, what would you prefer for your children, Gelas or Gehenim? Meaning, there were certain sins that were done. There was the Chedet Sadas. There was the sins that followed the Chedet Sadas until the times of Avram, where it tells us in Chassidus, in the Medrash, that every time the sin was done, the Shekhinah would leave the world to higher levels. When Adam Rishon did the sin, the Shekhinah left from this land to the Rukiah Aleph, when Kaim Hevel did the sin, 
It went to the Rikiyah Hashniya until it finally reached the seventh heaven. And when Avram came, he started bringing the Shekhinah back down to this world. So Hashem tells Avram, your mission is to bring the Shekhinah completely down to this world. And the way how you're going to bring the Shekhinah back down to this world is by removing any trace of sin which is in this world. And you have two options. Either you could, you could, the, the Gehenim, that cleanses the sin, or there could be Gaulus. So Avram chose Gaulus. So the purpose of the Jewish people going into the Gaulus of Mitzrayim was is that through the period of time that they would be there, they would be able to elevate themselves, elevate uh, the land that they were in, and be able to bring the Shekhinah back up, or I should say, bring the Shekhinah back down into this world. But what happened was, while they were in Egypt, they didn't finish the task. On the contrary, it says, they got even worse. And it, they were all the way on the 49th level of Tuma. And if they would have stayed even a moment longer, they would have been completely lost. So there was a certain conundrum over here. If they take them out early, but the job's not finished. But if you leave them there, the job will never be finished. So the only option was, was actually to take them out and let them finish the job over a much larger period of time. They couldn't stay, whatever they were able to accomplish in Egypt, um, they were able to, they, they accomplished until that period of time. But staying longer would have been counterproductive. They would have gone to the 50th level tomb and not be able to accomplish anything more. So they accomplished whatever, at least a certain percentage of what they needed to accomplish. And whatever, it's, I think it says in Kabbalah, they, they were able to elevate 210 sparks. But all the remaining sparks of Kedusha, which were in the world, they would have to do in the future Galison. This is actually, the Chidah tells us, that this is why Yachatz is right before Magid. What's Yachatz? Yachatz is that you break the matzah in two. The, the, the matzah is the idea of the lacham oini, the bread of suffering. So you're breaking it in two because part of the matzah we're saving for the future. Meaning is that we know that there's going to be future galasin. So there's part of the galas that we leave uh, within the other matzahs. That's the galas of Mitzrayim. But the future galasin is going to happen sometime in the future. And that's why it's actually put as the middle matzah. Uh, why? Because it's the three of us. The reason why Hashem gave us the capability of continuing our job, even though we weren't uh, f- uh, finishing it or completing it properly, is because Hashem knew that we were the children of the Avis, therefore we will have the capabilities of eventually accomplishing the job. And the reason why we're specifically the middle one is because we're, Yitzch- we're the children of Yitzchak. And Yitzchak, as it says, Atu Avinu, specifically Yitzchak, he defends his children the most. And just one tidbit that he gives us over there is, he says Yitzchak could be spelt Yud Sadik Achas Kuf, which is how we spell it, but it also could be spelt with Yud Sin Chafkaf, Yitzchak, to laugh. So laughing could be with Tzadik or it could be with the Sin. The more popular way is actually with the Sin, Yitzchak. So why is it with the, with the Tzadik? Because if you take the letter Shin, which is 300, and you take away the Tzadik, uh, which is 90, you get 210. So it was because of Yitzchak, they, they stayed in Gaulus only 210 years and they didn't stay the full 430 years because they weren't able to handle it. But the point is, they had a, the Jewish people have a mission to accomplish, but we couldn't stay in Mitzrayim anymore. So Hashem had to take us out. So we weren't ready, but Hashem took us out. And that's the idea of Hadam Ayinu, that if we weren't there, if Hashem didn't take us out early, uh, we would still be there because we wouldn't, because we wouldn't have finished our job. And we got to stay there until the job is done. And if we would have stayed there longer, we would have reached the 50th level of Tuma, and we never would have been able to get out of there. Aye, what about what we said earlier, that the Gzera was that to only be there for 430 years? So the answer is, yeah, they would have left. Hashem would have taken them out after 430 years. But the problem was, they still would have been completely entrenched within the culture of Mitzrayim. So they would have gone back to Mitzrayim, or they would have made Mitzrayim wherever they were. As we see, even when they were in the desert, Many times they said, let's, get back, let's go back to Mitzrayim. Whenever it got hard for them, they wanted to go back to the previous culture that they were in. So leaving Mitzrayim doesn't mean anything unless you're actually free. So Hashem had to take us out early in order that we can have some level of freedom and that would help us accomplish our mission. That's the short answer. But what's the bigger answer? The, the longer answer is, that we initially we are The reason why this is the longer answer because it gives the answer much clearer and in much more detail as we're going to see. So the questions we can ask on this paragraph is, of uh, is first of all, what does it mean achshav? Initially we were oivdevedizar, and now Hashem has made us close to zavaydah, as it says that the Yeshua told the Jewish people, this is what Hashem said that your forefathers used to live on the other side of the Nar. Your forefather was Terach, who was the father of Ram. 
and the father of Nachar, and they served other gods. And then I took Abram, and I brought him to the land of Canaan, and I gave him children, Yitzchak, etc., etc., until finally Esav got Harseir's inheritance, while Yaakov went to Mitzrayim. So you look at this paragraph, the question is, what does it mean, Achshav? It says, initially you were Eidav Eidazar, and now Hashem brought you close. What's the now? So really, it can mean two things. It could either mean now, literally, when you're reading the Haggadah, and the Pshat would be that, initial, uh, that because Hashem brought us close all those years ago, even now, He's, he's continuously bringing us close. That it wasn't a one-time thing he brought us close, but Achshav, even now, we're still bringing him close. That the Rebbe's Lashon is a tapula nimshachas. It's, a, it's a, a constant act that Hashem is bringing us close to him. Or the pshat could be that it means at the time of Yitzis Mitzrayim, that initially and now when they left Egypt, uh, Hashem brought them close. But the question is, the psukim that he's going to bring later is actually talking about Avram. So Achshav isn't now, like our times, it's also not the times of, of um, Yitzis Mitzrayim. It actually seems like it's talking about the times of Avram. So Achshav wouldn't make any sense because we're talking about Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov uh, and that Hashem brought them close. And the second question is, why at this point of time is it actually even relevant to tell us how we became close to Hashem? The purpose of Mitchila Evdev Edezar is to give a general history of the Jewish people and, to show, and then it, it gives a general history of, how, of our Gnus, how it was bad for us, and then um, how Hashem brought us close, how we became close to Hashem. And eventually we went down Mitzrayim, and then to discuss in much detail all the miracles and amazing things Hashem did when He took us out of Mitzrayim. So at this point of time, it's not really relevant how we became the servants of Hashem, or how we got connected, or how our Rum got connected. Really the only important point is to really give a quick introduction, and then talk about Tzipur Yitzitz Mitzrayim, which is the point of the night. So the reasoning is because Mitzchilo Evdei Bedezor is trying to really develop this idea of that we weren't worthy, but Hashem is the one that took us out. And that's really what it's saying. initially And now Hashem brought us close. It wasn't that us on our own were deserving of it. Hashem brought us close. And what does now mean? The truth is now means every generation. It means Avraham. It means Bayitzit Mitzrayim. It even means today. That it's only because Hashem is bringing us close. That's why um, we are, we're free. Because essentially, we still have not completed our job. Our job is to purify and elevate this world, to make it a dir b'tachtayne, and we still haven't finished it. So this that we're becheros, and we have this level of freedom, is something that we don't deserve yet. Until we actually finish our job, and Mashiach comes, we don't deserve that level of freedom. Because the freedom was based on us completing the, 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 the tikkun of the oilam, which we haven't done yet. So therefore, it's Hashem is bringing us close. And that's why we could also understand after it talks about the, the well, really the, the third paragraph after it says that that Esav got Harseir and Yaakov and his children went to Mitzrayim, the, the Haggadah continues. Baruch Shemer Haftachasu Yisrael. Blesses the he who guards his his promise to the Jewish people. Blesses Hashem who calculates the case uh, the case as it says that Avram Avinu Ben Basarim that it should have been four hundred thirty years and when they leave there'll be a great nation and then it goes to the Hishamda. Why all of a sudden are we bringing in this idea that thank Hashem who's keeps his promises to the Jewish people. It seems really out of place. We're giving the history. It should have said, right after the Jewish people went down to the tribe, we should have said, thank Hashem for calculating the kates and taking us out. And then he always does this. Why say, he who blesses he who guards his avtacha? The reasoning is, is because he really shouldn't have. The avtacha was based on us doing our job. Since we didn't fulfill the job, he was no, under no legal requirement to actually do his part of the job. But blesses Hashem that he keeps us of Tacha, and he calculated it, and took us out, and allows us to do what we need to do. And this also explains the purpose of the Hisha'amda. The Hisha'amda, why are we talking about that all future generations, Hashem's also going to be saving us? Also, why in future, future generations should there be a reason for us to be destroyed, and Hashem has to save us? Um, you know, why there needs to be some type of reason why they're standing up against us and then Hashem saves us. They're saying every generation is going to destroy us. Why? Uh, Hashem usually has a reason for things. Hashem doesn't, uh, if we're deserving of it or if the other nations are more righteous than us, then Takadar should be destroyed. But if not, then of course we're, nothing's going to happen to us, especially since the whole world was created for our purpose. It doesn't seem like a Chiddush that he'd protect us, of course. That's, there's no reason for anything to even happen to us. But the Pshad is, according to what we're saying, there is a reason. 
Because the whole idea of us being in servitude, being in Mitzrayim, being in Gaulus, is that we need to finish our job. If we don't do that bureau, then technically, there should be, uh, we should be in Gaulus. There should be enemies that are standing against us. And all the purpose of all that is to push us to do the job more. But Baruch Hashem, He stands up and He protects us and He lets us continue uh, doing our job. And the reason why Mitchila Evdei Vaydazar is more developed than Avadim Hayinu is for two reasons. First of all, Avadim Hayinu is only telling us uh, what, what, what we aren't. That Avadami, we were slaves, and Hashem took us out of slavery. Okay. But it's just taking, he's taking us out from slavery. It's not telling, telling us what he gave us. But this one is telling us, but Hashem was of him to himself. That not only did Hashem take us out of a situation of slavery, but he also gave us this idea of freedom. He gave us the idea that we're close to him. He gave us this ability to connect to him, to be able to always uh, be free. Uh, or in the Lashon Chassidus, what it says about this idea of freedom is that Hashem awoken within us the Yechida, the, the Chachma, the Yechida, which is enclosed within the Chachma, Shebet Nefesh, that it should be able to be revealed. And when that level of Yechida is revealed, automatically we push away all the Tumah of the 49 gates of Tumah. gets all pushed away when our Neshama becomes revealed. And automatically we run out from Galas. And, and the second reason why it's more developed um, because first of all, it stresses much more the idea how it's literally on a generational basis how this obligation is upon us. It's not just that we would have just stayed in Mitzrayim, but even once we've already left Mitzrayim, we still have this obligation. And that's why there's enemies that stand against us each generation. And another point that the Rebbe points out, and I'm sure there's many more, but this is what the Rebbe points out in this Sicha, is that in the second Pasuk of the of what we say by the Bukurim, one of the words are, that Mitzrayim did evil to us. But it doesn't actually mean did evil to us, because that would have been they did evil to us. It really means they made us evil. Which that's trying to explain to us what happened in Mitzrayim. Why Tak weren't the Jewish people able to affect their, to, to, to finish their job was because Mitzrayim were so bad to us, they actually made us like them. They pulled us in much more to the culture that was supposed to happen. We weren't just Jewish people that were inside the tribe. They made us suffer. They made, made us servants. They made us part of their culture. We had very little uh, capability. We, we had little choices over there. They literally were slaves. And that's actually why the Mitzrayim were punished. Because even though Hashem said that we need to be in a land which wasn't ours, it doesn't say that they needed to make us suffer and torture us and make us be like them and to make us evil like them. But because they did that, that's part of the reason, as the Ramban says, is why they got punished. So these are some of the details that we see from the Betchila Evdei Vaydazara, uh, what answers that point. But of course, as we go on within these paragraphs, it also tells us about the amazing Ava and love that Hashem has for us through all the Nisim that were going to, that happened to us, until eventually it tells with Dayenu, and that's the next thing we're going to discuss, is the Dayenu and um, how that's significant um, to this concept. So this will be the last part of the shir. This is on the, the last Dayenu, which is the end of the Nisim and the Tishbachis that we give to Hashem, where we thank Hashem for all the different miracles He did for us when we left Matrayim. So the last one, of the, the last Dayenu is that we thank Hashem that He built us the base Bechir, L'chapar L'ka'al Avinayseinu. So the question on this is, all the other Dayenus, we don't give a reasoning Fourth, rather we say if he gave us the tire dayenu. Why is the last one specifically he gives us a, gives us a reason that if you would have given the base of why does it give a reasoning? And also the reasoning that it gives is that it brings us forgiveness. The main reason of the base is that it's a place for Hashem to live. And also why does it call it a base of not a base of Migdash? And a few other questions. But let's just uh, do those ones. So to understand this, we actually need to understand the idea of Bechira. So this is a question that the philosophers have, uh, have been asking for hundreds of years. And they want to know, is the idea of Bechira, Chafshis, really something that a human being can have? Because L'chaira, a Bechira is really, we can't have true Bechira, they will tie because the choices you make is really dependent on the way you think, on your environment, your midos, your temperament, uh, how you were brought up. So all those different 
details about your life is really what decide what type of decision you make. So you don't have really real Bechira. If someone knew you and knew everything about you and they were extremely intelligent, they could actually predict exactly what you're going to do. So there's no true choice. You're basically a... You're basically the decisions you make will be based on your circumstances. So to understand how we do have a Bechira, we need to really understand how Bechira works with Hashem because we know that Yisrael v'kudosh b'chuk kulachad and by, we are one with Hashem. And the union of Bechira that we have really comes from Hashem. So we understand how the Bechira is by Hashem, we'll also understand how it is by us. And the idea is that by Hashem, He's the only one that can have true Bechira. Because usually, the reason why we make certain choices, or I'm going to use choices of the Shem HaMushal, because it's not real choice, the reason why we choose certain things is true. It's taka based on circumstances, based on certain needs, certain de- desires, certain instincts. But when we're referring to Hashem, Hashem is above all circumstances. Hashem created the circumstances. Hashem created the environment. Hashem created morals. Hashem created Seichel. He created Midas. He created everything. So Hashem doesn't make any decision based on any type of external uh, phenomena or any type of external wisdom. His choices that He's making is based completely on what he wants and what's important to him. And what is that? We, we can't even know because, again, everything that we know is something that's created by him. So whatever choices he makes is something which is 100% internal, not based on any type of, uh, based on any type of external uh, reasons. So therefore, even the idea of, of a myla, oh, this particular thing has a certain quality, but qualities themselves are created by Hashem. That's why we have the question, the Esav and Yaakov are brothers. So why does he choose Yaakov over Esav? Oh, because Yaakov has certain milas over Esav. But all those milas that we're talking about is something that which was created afterwards. So what's the initial reasoning why he wants to choose Yaakov? What's, what's pushing him? Rather, this is the idea of Bechira Chashas. This is something which is within Hashem, within his internal being, he chooses the Jewish people. And the reasoning is because the Jewish people and Hashem are one. So the reason why Hashem chooses us is not because of any external reasons or external qualities or milas that we have. It's rather because since we are one with Hashem, therefore Hashem decides to choose us. He could have not chosen us because that's the whole idea of free choice. He could have decided not to. Hashem's not forced to do it. But because the, but He does choose us and uses the Bechir Chavshis. And it's not for any, as I said, any reason... It's because rather, because since we are one with Hashem, that is His true desire. So Bechir Chashas is the ability to make a choice um, totally and completely from your inner being without any type of external forces trying to force you to make a particular decision. So when if you're able to go deep within yourself and you know who you are and then you're able to make a decision, that's the most truest decision and the truest choice that you have because it's not at all affected by anything which is outside. So Hashem is able to do that. He chooses the Jewish people. Why? Because when He goes back to His essence, the Jewish people are one with Him and that's what He truly desires. So that's the reason He makes that decision. Again, Bechir Chavzash means you could make any decision, but why does Hashem make it? Hashem makes it because that's what He truly wants. So when it comes back to us, when we, we do live in a world where there's circumstances and there's reasons to pick one way or, or, or to pick good or to pick evil. So how do we overcome all the different circumstances? The reasoning is because within ourselves we have a neshama and in our essence we are one with Hashem. So just like by Hashem he's able to make a decision not based on any type of external phenomena, we also have that capability to make a decision on any, uh, any external phenomena. Because ultimately... Everything that has happened to us, or everything in this world, is actually not really typhus makim, even to us. Because in our essence, we're above all those things. So the decision, the capability to completely change who we are is always within our choice, because we have this infinite power within us. And that's why, eventually, Ayid could choose Ra, and he could choose Bad. I, that's not who he truly is, but we have that infinite Kayach. And that's why it says... Um, that, that ultimately every single Jew will eventually do tshuva. Why is every Jew going to eventually do tshuva? It's because in his essence he's one with Hashem. So you can always make decisions to do the opposite of who you truly are because we have that capability. But in the essence, just like Hashem chooses us because we are one with Him, we are what He truly wants. Similarly, what do we truly want? We also truly want Hashem. So our Bechir Chavshis will eventually um, be revealed completely and we will choose Hashem.
And maybe an example of this idea, a little bit different, but maybe a, a way just to make it a bit simpler, is that we know that there's two types of Ava that's discussed in Chassidus. There's what's called a, a, a Ava which is Miskayamas and an Ava which is not Miskayamas. Meaning, love which is based on reason never lasts because it's based on external factors. So if you love someone because he makes you feel good or he gives you money, eventually if those reasons stop, then the love also stops with it. But when we have an Ava Atmos is a essential love, a love that will never change. For example, self-love. A person doesn't love himself because, oh, I'm so handsome, so I love myself, or I'm so smart, I, I love myself, or I take such good care of myself, I always exercise and eat properly, therefore I love myself. The reason why a person has self-love is because that's who he truly is. You love yourself because that is your... That is who you are. That is your being. So sim- this is a similar type of concept, is that the, reason, uh, the ability to choose, the reason why we make certain decisions uh, is because of who we truly are. So just to give a, a, maybe a more basic example of choice, even this that you choose something because you find that thing has a better mila. Like this one is much greater mila than object two. Wait a second. Why do you choose Milo of object number one because it has a greater Milo? While John will pick object number two because according to him that's a greater Milo. How could there be? How could we there be such a difference? I think Milo, object one has greater Milos, while John thinks that object number two has greater Milos. The reasoning is ultimately, if it's a true choice, and when we're talking about a true choice, is because within our etzemanefish, according to who we truly are, for whatever reason, for me, object one reveals. Who I am, and if I'm able to go deep within myself and remove all the circumstances that might affect my choices, and I'm able to reveal who I truly am, the reason why I'm picking that because for whatever reason this expresses myself, this expresses what I truly want. And by John, it could be something else. That's why we kind of machlekes in between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Why by Beis Hillel does this make more sense, and by according to Beis Shammai, the other thing makes more sense. If you go back deep enough, it has to do who they truly are within their essence, and therefore according to who you truly are, certain things make more sense. And we go back all the way to the essence, essence of all the Yidin, it's this that we're one with the Shem, and that's where the idea of Bechir Chavshus comes from. So therefore, let's go back to the Dayenu. Our question is, what the Dayenu is trying to finish off, and what we're tr- really trying to explain is, we're trying to explain the greatness and the milus of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. Um, so what we're explaining, L'chaira, we you know, the problem that we had initially is we were left out early because we weren't really deserving of it. But we still have a Milo that Hashem gives us this ability to always be free. And we have a Bechira and we have the ability to always remain free in all circumstances and no external factors could uh, affect that Bechira. But we still had an issue that we haven't actually finished our job. But we're happy because Hashem gave us the capability to be able to finish it in the future after Mitzrayim and through the future Galasin. But we can still ask, what's the ultimate Mila of Yitzit Mitzrayim? True, there's this Mila that we're talking about, that there's this Inyan of Bechira, and we're able to be Mavar the Nitzutzus and make this place a Dir B'tachtainim, but we never actually finished it by Yitzit Mitzrayim. So what is the ultimate expression of the greatness of Mitzrayim if we actually didn't finish that job? So that's what the Dayenu is trying to say. The Dayenu is trying to say is, and the final one, Livnois Beis Bechira. What is the idea of the base of Bechira? It's L'chapa Kolav Aneseinu. When we have a virus, a virus is something which is external to who we are, and it makes blemishes on us and makes us uh, impure. All of that is something not who we truly are. These, this is something we've made choices, but it's really choices which are external to who we truly are. The outside circumstances, for whatever reason, affected us, and we didn't uh, really reveal our true essence. We picked something which isn't truly who we are. It's something which is outside of us that had an effect on us. So when we're working within Hishtalshlis, then you need how do we bring forgiveness? You know, you got a, there, there's, there's punishment, there's Gehenim, there's Golis, all the different things to try to cleanse oneself. But the greatest type of cleansing is really if you're able to reveal how you and Hashem are truly one. Because by revealing how you and Hashem are truly one, this is something which is up totally above any type of external factors. The reason why Hashem chose us is not because of the external factors. It's not because we have more mitzvahs and less of theirs. The true reason why Hashem loves us is because we are one with Him. The true reason why us, uh, that we chose Hashem is because we're one with Hashem. That's the truest essence. So the purpose of the Beis HaBechira was to reveal that choice that Hashem had in us and we have in Hashem. So once we reveal that choice, all the external factors really fall apart. It's just like a person. A person might be depressed, might have other issues. Um, but those are external factors that are making him be depressed or making him be upset. 
ultimately a person always loves himself because a person has his avatma. So even when a person has a low self-esteem and, and doesn't like himself and ha- might have other issues, uh, these are something which is external. But if you're able to get rid of all the gashmistika problems that a person has, and you're able to go deep within his hashama, a person always has this avatmas. He loves him, loves who he is, and therefore he always wants to ultimately live and survive and feel good about himself. Even this that you have depression is because you want to feel good and you don't feel good about yourself. So there's always that avatmas that a person has. It's the same thing with a bechira. We always want to be one with the Shem. and the purpose of the base bechira was to reveal that. And that was the purpose of the karbanis that they brought in the base of Bechira, was actually to be able to cleanse us, to reveal our true connection to Hashem without any type of punishments in Yisurim or Gehenim. It's just to be able to reveal that connection that we have with Hashem. And that's why it was called the base of Bechira and not the base of Migdash in our case. This is also why it gives us the reasoning. It doesn't give us the reasoning that Hashem will dwell within us. Because we're focusing over here, not the idea of Hashem dwelling with us, but it's really focusing on what the purpose of Mitzrayim was. And the ultimate purpose of Mitzrayim was to reveal our connection, that Hashem chose us as His nation, and we chose Hashem uh, as our God. Therefore, gives us a reason, and gives us the reason, l'chaper, uh, kolon of Senu. And this is really the deeper meaning that we said at the beginning, that the, the God has written away of maschul b'gnus m'sayim b'shavach. The mas b'gnus, I'll pee this, would be that we left Mitzrayim not because we deserved it, it's because Hashem wanted us, Hashem took us out. But it's Messiah B'Shavach, and we're saying this is the true reason why Hashem took us from the tribe, even when we weren't deserving, is because the reason why Hashem loves us is because of our essential importance. Our importance is not just based on if we do something good, then we're worthy, and if we do something bad, then all of a sudden we have no value anymore. The reason why we're value It's just like Hashem has value. Hashem doesn't have value because of what He does. Hashem is value because He's the essence of everything. Hashem is value because He is Mitzusay Metzmusay. Hashem's value, it comes from Himself. He is He who is eternal. So ultimately, the truest value, the the, the Shavach of the Jewish people is that we are one with Hashem. We have that eternal value, which is um, not affected by any external factors. External factors are something which are created, something which come and go. But this that we are one with Hashem, that's really the truest, most eternal factor that we have um, within us. And that's the Messiah in B'Shavach, and that's the idea what the base of Echira is uh, telling us.